This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So I want to welcome you all to the Empowerment Podcast that I'm doing with the beautiful Barbara Scully. So Barbara is a fantastic 61-year-old writer and broadcaster. Not afraid to show her age. She doesn't look at it at all, by the way. <laughs> but it's very empowering to hear a woman tell her age and to be proud of it. And Barbara's on a mission to get postmenopausal women to wise up to their power and wisdom and wise up incidentally is the um, name of her book that she'll talk all about so she's a familiar voice on radio and we've heard our news talk radio on the Moncrief show and she regularly is published in the press uh, during the pandemic she wrote the book Wise Up which was published last year it's a part memoir as the first time she looks back at the formative years of each decade of her adult life to write down the wisdom of living um, and in the second part, then she explores how we need to get ready to make the third act of our lives to be the most creative, powerful and satisfying years. She talks about minding our health as we age, using our, her own experience of developing type 2 diabetes in her 50s. She also explains the power of our dreams. Very interesting, Barbara, as a way to discover what it is we want and also how to find our own voice and to use it to change the world, which is what we're all about here today, of course. Well done. She says we owe that not just to ourselves, but to our daughters, to our granddaughters. And I totally echo that. Well done. She's from Dublin, where she lives with her lovely husband, two of her three adult daughters, four cats, a <laughs> dog. Important. This is very important. <laughs> and a family of foxes. Wow, that is a lot about her lovely, warm personality, of course, who lives in her garden. And her eldest daughter and her two grandchildren live in Perth in Western Australia. So fabulous, fabulous resume of your life. So, Thank Barbara, you, can you start it yeah. where, you know, right at the beginning, what got you to where you are today? Oh, God, uh, <laughs> a long and winding road, as the Beatles mm. said uh, a long time ago. Um, yeah, as I say, I live in Dublin. I'm from Dublin. I live in Dunleary. I was born, um, well, I was actually I was born in Hall Street but I've spent nearly all my life in Janeary uh, eldest of four um, and had a, a fantastic because my my other siblings were all boys and I was the eldest I had a fantastic relationship with my mother which I consider was Fabulous. very lucky to have oh, that fabulous. we were like as we got older as well as I got older we were more like sisters than mother is that and why daughter. you're so confident you think that gave you that belief in yourself which a lot of you know we see that a lot of mothers unconsciously are harder than their daughters because they were it was yeah. hard but you thank God at that no. and, I, and I, mean, I don't know if it was a confidence but I think I developed my bolshiness from being uh, the Loved. The, the one, but the, also the one girl with three boys. So, you know, the, the three of them kind of ganged up on a regular basis. So it was kind of me and them. Yeah. Um, but she was so there behind you all the way. She was there behind me. Yeah. We lived in a very, I mean, our house growing up was mental, like literally mad. There was my, my mother and father, uh, myself, my three brothers. When I was about nine, my grandma, my maternal grandmother died and my mother's older brother, who was a lovely man called Ben Brendan, who had a learning disability. And he came to live with us because this was back in the, I don't know, yeah, mid 70s. Um, my parents were looking for a, a residential place for him to go and there was nowhere that they considered suitable. Ben was a very gentle soul. So Ben came to live with us, which... I, being the eldest, found not traumatic, but I wasn't happy. I mm. was not happy. I didn't know any other 
of my friends who had somebody, as we used to call them back then, who was mentally retarded living with them. And it wasn't really going with my image. Yeah. But it was now. And I mean, you know, it took me a few years, but I realized it was a great privilege to have Ben with us. So there was Ben and then my my paternal grandfather came to live with us. Oh, so really now, we didn't live family. in a mansion. I mean, we literally were all squished into a four bedroom house. Um, but it was, yeah, it was fun, but it was very male dominated. Okay. And I think that that, I mean, you know, my brothers, well, they turned out grand. They were yeah. brats. But like a lot, that was very much the way it was back then, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think I learned to fight my corner early Good. on and to raise my voice in order to be heard. Yeah. Um, and my father, for all the fact that he was a very traditional conservative man, he was a civil servant um, and he was very much, you know, down the line, law abiding, quiet man. You would have expected him to be a bit of a chauvinist, but he wasn't. He actually thought that, you know, I should get exactly the same opportunities as my brothers did. And I think so. Yeah, I think that was so. I'm not sure if I got my confidence, but I got my bolshiness from all of that. Good, so good. Went to a good Catholic girls school with the nuns um, and, you know, my experience of that was entirely positive. Like my own, thank God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I'm very pleased about that. Mm. And, and what I often think now looking back, as I say, I was in school in the 70s, we had uh, nuns who were on the teaching staff and our principal was a nun. They were the only female role models mm. we had of women running businesses. True, true. They yeah, we running... don't give them enough credit. No, we... Yes, like, like in all works of life, there's good and bad. But, yeah. you know, that we... We certainly there's fantastic nuns, and I think that got, that has gotten lost somewhere. Yeah, totally. And I know that and a lot of time nuns, out. yeah, were yeah. involved in in horrendous cruelty, yeah, which we which we absolutely don't agree with. But there was an awful lot of good ones. As there well. was good ones just as like well. in society, and they were great role models yeah. because for us girls, they you know watching our head nun run the school with yeah. an iron fist. Now, yeah. she was very fair, but yes. I mean, you know, dealing with suppliers and people coming in and running the whole school and yeah, she true. ran it really well. Yeah. And equally, a lot of the nuns in hospitals did exactly the same. Good on you. Left yeah. school in 1979 and, and back in those days, only a handful of people. You only went to college um, if you wanted to do law or medicine, really. That was about it. <laughs> and everybody else went to work. Okay. So um, my dream, like most girls of my age, I think my dream for a long time was to join Erlinga. I was thinking you were going to say that. Yeah, Absolutely. To be an yes, everyone wants to be an Everybody yeah, wants yeah, to be yeah. an It's a sexy thing to do. It wasn't was, it? Yeah. yeah. But it was also like in an Ireland which was very black and white, mm. you know, and that there was no colour in Ireland yeah, back then. Yeah. Lingus was this bright, hopeful thing. And it was the one arena in which Ireland seemed to be able to compete with the best. True. Like Erlingus was a very uh, good recognised And they brand. made the women look sexy. They weren't frumpy. But they weren't know? just that. They were mm. ambassadors for the country. Yes, like you had you. Erlingus hostesses at all kinds of things mm. because they were seen as, as global good ambassadors point. for Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. But unfortunately by the time I was in kind of probably in the middle teens I had gotten too tall. I'm six foot tall and I was too tall to be an air hostess, which was a dark day in my life when I suddenly realised that dream had died. So then I decided I wanted to work in ground ops in Erling because I could be a ground hostess and that would do me because you could be any height you want then. Um, and I went after school and I did the, I applied and I was called in to do what were called aptitude tests back in the day. And I failed my aptitude tests, even though I did a very good leaving search, couldn't work out the aptitude tests. And so got the Dear John from Erlingus, which was another dark day. Yeah. Anyway, as a consolation prize, I went to work for a company called JWT, which at the time were probably the leading Irish yes. tour operator. Yeah, and this yeah. was when package holidays were just taking off and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
and I had a uniform. wasn't green, wasn't quite as fab as the Aer Lingus uniform, but it was a uniform. So I spent more or less 10 happy years working in the travel business, traveling up and down to Spain and Portugal. Gorgeous. And Greece and Italy and yeah. having great fun. It was a wonderful mm. job and it was a wonderful time to be involved in the travel business. Good. I mean, airfares were way more expensive That's then. That's what I was thinking. I said you got to do it very cheaply. I yes, did. Yeah. So it was a wonderful privilege and I and I loved that. Mm. Um, and then <laughs> when I was was 25 um, I became pregnant and I was on my own and uh, so that kind of put a stop to me gallop of course it it <laughs> fairly dramatically so I became a single parent in 1987 actually on this day in 1987 it's my eldest you. daughter's birthday Fair today to and um, I mean you know I write about it in the book and I you know I came from a uh, you know kind of I suppose a lower middle class family my family where once they got over the shock um, and it did take a little while and uh, Barbara, do you mind me supportive. asking you was, did the father of the child help mm, in any way no no um, uh, no he, he didn't know about it for a while he, it, it was as a result of a holiday romance okay. so he was Spanish I presume he still is Spanish I don't mm-hmm. know um, but no he was never involved mm-hmm. okay. I mean he did I did tell him um, after Carla was born but he was never involved mm, mm. and that was fine and in lots of ways but it was I, tough though it was it was actually mm, tough and it's only tough. looking back now it was very lonely mm. it was really lonely because it put you into this place where you were no longer free and single mm. like all my friends still Absolutely. were and you but you weren't married either you yeah. didn't have any of the benefits of having a partner and, and that mm. kind of thing so you were in this kind of limbo between both of those worlds and you're in an Ireland that sort of was judgmental huge judgment mm. yeah there was mm. still huge judgment and actually I recount in the book a story that um, when I was at home on maternity leave and as I mentioned my father was a civil Servant, as he'd say, I can hear his voice in my ear going, I was a senior civil servant. Um, and he had just retired. And he had a friend who was equally a senior civil servant, if, with a man with profile, he would have been known. Um, and I was at home on maternity leave from my job. Carla was just a baby. And the phone rang, four mobile phones, phone rang in the hall, answered the phone. And this voice said, hello, uh, can I speak to Michael? And I said, yes, yeah, sure. And I got my dad. And I could only hear one sided conversation, which went like this. My father said, um, oh, yeah, Harry, if What's your name? And he said, um, no, 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 that was Barbara. Uh, oh, yeah, no, she is working. Yeah, yeah, she's just, um, um, she's on um, maternity leave. Uh, no, no, she didn't get married. No. Next, next thing he said was, yes, she does know who the father is. Oh, my goodness. And as if it was any of his business. But that was seen to be perfectly yeah, okay. And yeah. the, the, the logic of that was that if you were single and had a child, you were obviously a slut. Yeah, that you was... You were yeah. sleeping with anybody yeah. who came past your door. Um, and as well as that, then I had the years, you know, when you're, you know, you're dealing... And I mean, I was lucky, as I say, I lived at home with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reasonably secure. Um, but I had... And it only... It took me until Carla was 21 to realise this. I had so many years when I, we sat watching The Late Late Show and other programmes where panels, usually of men, mm. talked about this scourge of these unmarried mothers. Mm. Um, because as, as if the men were pure saints. And they weren't involved at all, apparently. <laughs> you know, these were all yeah. immaculate conceptions this that happened it. all on their own. Yes, yeah. But again, the prevailing thing was that by introducing, which we'd had to do because we joined the EEC mm. as it was, and we had to bring in, we had to bring our legislation up to speed and we had to kind of start to modernise. And one of the things that came in was the unmarried mother's allowance. Um, and that was seen to be an incentive that all of these young ones are going to go out now and get mm-hmm. pregnant because they can get this huge pot of money, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and then they can go on the housing list and get free houses. So there was that. And then there was also the other uh, thing that came with that, 
which was and the parallels between this and, and the campaign around marriage equality was so similar mm. because the next thing that was said was that all of these children who are being brought up by these unmarried mothers mm. are going to turn out to be delinquent because they have no male role model and they have no father and figure in their horrendous. lives. Yeah. And although my logical brain could say that's rubbish, that's yeah. absolute rubbish. When you hear it yeah, constantly. It's repetition, it's conditioning. As so many women were conditioned. And then you, you, you kind of, in some way it seeps into you. Yeah, it does, of course. And I remember having a That's light... why we're changing the narrative here, Barbara. It's, yeah. But it's so important <laughs> yeah, yeah, to do that because totally. I remember at her 21st birthday, that's how long it took for mm. me to realise. I was standing on the dance floor, we had a party and she was dancing and I was looking at her going, you know, and I suddenly had this moment where I thought, mm. She's fine. Yeah. She's as good and as bad as all the other girls that she hangs around with. Exactly. All her friends who grew up with yeah. mom and dad. Yes. She's fine. And right. I got angry about it then. Yeah. I got really angry about yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I but know. anyway. But um, did you pat yourself on the back that you'd done an amazing job and the real reason you hadn't time to think was that you were so busy? I, yeah, well, there was yeah. that. Yeah, there was yeah. that. But yeah. uh, So that caused me to leave travel. I then briefly, my mother, God bless her, who was great, she had just retired for, or taken redundancy from a job. She worked in technology, actually. And she set up a little company from her house a teaching word processing which was just coming in then um, and so she I had no desire to teach word processing but obviously I didn't really know what I was going to do because travel the hours were yeah, too it was long it's going to be hard with the baby yeah, yeah. yeah. so I thought, okay, I'll do this. So I went and did a teacher's diploma in word processing and uh, taught word processing, which I didn't really enjoy for about five years. And then to cut a long story short, I went in, then I got a job with the Alzheimer's Society. They were just a fledgling charity at that stage. And I was their first uh, public relations and fundraising manager um, and had about 10 years there, which was brilliant. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And it was through that job that I met my uh, long-suffering um, husband, <laughs> who's an Englishman. But he's not an Englishman anymore. He's now an Irishman. Cool. Hooray. Uh, and um, we got married in 1996 and then I had two more children. And it was oh, when nice. I got to the stage of having three kids and my youngest was born premature and had some health issues when she was born. All, all the wheels fell off. I just said, I cannot juggle this anymore. I cannot work full time at a job that's not nine to five. I had a young teenager. I had two babies. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. And I remember one particular day myself and my husband, he has he had a, um, a commercial vehicle for work. He's a freelance photographer. And I had the family car. And I both neither of our jobs were nine to five. So this particular evening, I was working that evening. So we had to arrange to meet somewhere in the back end of Dublin 8 at five o'clock in the afternoon. And it was pouring with rain to swap cars so oh. that he could have the car with the baby seats to pick up the babies from the crash and I would take his car on to do my job. And we both stood there with the rain coming down our faces and I remember we looked at each other going, this isn't living. This yeah. is mad. Yes, absolutely. And it's yeah. not like we're really wealthy as a result of all this. Yeah, yeah. And um, so many mothers and fathers will identify with that. And do you know what annoys me is yeah. that nothing has changed. I know. It hasn't gotten easier. No, no, it hasn't. Um, and I, we came home and with it, that was the start and within a very short period of time we both sat down and said our quality of life is rubbish. We are rushing all through all, every day. Like I felt my entire day started at 7am with me saying to the kids come on, come on, come on mm. hurry up, hurry up, hurry up hurry up, eat your breakfast hurry up into the car <laughs> hurry up into the crash and then like work was actually a rest nearly mm. mm-hmm. and then you did the whole thing in reverse at the other end of the day. Yes, yeah. And I remember thinking this is, this is mental. Now we were lucky this was just as the Celtic Tiger was starting to roar my husband was very busy so we sat down and we said right let's go back to <laughs> you know gendered role models you go out and catch the bacon and I'll stay at home and cook it God. and 
and uh, that worked for us. He Good. worked all the hours. He brought in all the money. I did everything But you else. were managing the home. So both we of had you a better working, quality yeah. of life. Our food got better. Good. Our time together got better. Um, and yeah. Less it, stress in the household. It worked. the big thing. Yeah, yeah good, it worked. Good, good. So we poddled along doing that and I had that 10 years. It, it was, I was going to initially just take a year off. Mm-hmm. I said, a year off and I'll just get myself. And anyway, that year turned into 10 years, which was lovely and it was fantastic. And then the Celtic Tiger died and then his business started to kind of fall fall apart. Um, and I thought, I need to get back to work. I need to start doing something. Now, I had 20 years of work experience mm. before I ever stayed mm. at home. I thought, no problem. Even though there wasn't a lot of jobs out there, yeah. we were in a recession. I thought, no problem. I have a great CV, you know. But what I didn't factor in, Mary, was the fact that I was just 50 at that stage. And I had a 10-year hole in my CV, you know, yeah, where my yeah. career used to be. Yeah. And not only did I did I not get interviews, I didn't even get responses from most places Horrendous. I applied to. Well, I hope horrendous. things have changed, Barbara. I don't know about the ageism thing has mm. changed. But anyway, so that threw me back on my own resources. And I said, mm. I'm going to have to make my own work. And um, I thought, what do I want to do? And when I would, had been working for the Alzheimer's Society, I spent you know a reasonable amount of time in radio studios doing interviews and being spokesperson for the organisation. And I loved that. And I've always written, always. And did anyone ever tell you of an amazing speaking voice? Oh, thank you. But you have, really. <laughs> great, great voice, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll start doing that. So with no contacts and no experience of it, I started using social media. Actually, Twitter was still a nice, friendly, small place at that stage. And I made lots of connections with mainly women, producers, researchers, um, writers, journalists. And I started doing a bit of freelance writing and I started contributing to radio. So that was about 12 years ago. So, yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And then you went on and you're doing the Moncrief show every Thursday, mm. aren't and you? And I love that. Yeah, it's that's fantastic. Great yeah, and I mean, yeah. it's not, it's, we're not, so, I mean, I'm not qualified to solve anybody's serious problems. They're conundrums. Yeah, but you're, you're a listener and you're very authentic and you're very real and you're a strong personality. So I think all those things. And it's a bit of crack. Yeah, you know, people listen yeah, in yeah, for yeah, a bit yeah. of crack. Yeah, and everybody do, has an opinion on the stuff that we, we talk about. And it's myself and Declan Buckley, a.k.a. Shirley Templebar, um, who do it. And it's, it's great fun, I must say. I love doing it. And you really have managed to put yourself out there haven't you Barbara? Mm. I mean honestly you, you really have, you know you've really got into well, Mary, the whole media thing. It's to be honest I couldn't have done it without the support of some men but an awful lot of women. women yeah. I have found, you know there's a narrative abroad yes. as well that says yeah. women don't support each other, we're yeah. catty and we fight yeah. with each other. Yeah. I have absolutely not found that to be the no. case. And I think I, it's been changing for the positive as well. The yeah. women are, you know, that, that only happened when women were downtrodden. Now that they're realising they're equal, I think that's stopping, isn't and it? And there's a real feeling, you know, of women supporting women. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? So that if so. I ask and I, ha- and I have, and it has been made very easy for me to ask questions, which, you know, I'm kind of, the amount of emails I start with, Oh, I know this is a stupid question, but mm. um, and women are and take networking the time as and well. networking and they take the time to explain, you know, what you should to do or give you advice or whatever like that. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been it's been great. And obviously it allows me to tailor my own hours. Took me a while to get used to working for myself and working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I wouldn't swap it. It's Fantastic. it's great. And now you're bringing in the, 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 the money and uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Good time. that's still a challenge. <laughs> he's cooking in case he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working, sunshine. We're not there yet. Yeah. And, and how did the book come about then? The Wise Up book, which is well, incredible. A, uh, fantastic I, read. I spent 10 years, you know, kind of contributing to media and writing. Mm-hmm. about. And most of the stuff that, I mean, I'm commissioned regularly enough, but I'm also then I would, you know, just spontaneously write something that was, you know, bothering me and, and, uh, and send it in. And during COVID, when my husband's business fell off a cliff mm-hmm. completely, and then uh, my work kind of fairly much dried up as well, a lot of it. 
and I thought I've always had it in my head. I'd love to write a book. Do you know, when 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 I'm older, I'll sit down and write a book because that's a lovely thing to do. And I just mm. thought you'd sit down and she'd write a book. It's a great legacy to have, Barbara. But it was so hard. Yeah. It oh, was way really? harder than I ever thought it was. <laughs> but when I thought, now is the time. And this you know, is coming from a writer. <laughs> yeah, I thought, um, now if you're ever going to write a book, this is kind of the time, you, yeah. you know, because there's nothing else going on and you might as well do it. Mm. And when I looked back at the kind of things, I thought, what am I going to write a book about? And I looked back and there was a real theme in, in, in my head and in what I'd been writing about of getting older and of being a woman and of all of those issues. Along with that, I was very aware of the increasing conversations around menopause, which I welcome. I think, you know, mm. it's great. I mean, yeah. I'm old enough to remember my mother talking uh, when I was a child, you know, with one of her friends. I'd overhear conversations where they'd be talking about Mary down the road. And I think Mary's going through the change. <laughs> and I mean, as a child, you're going, God almighty, what the hell is this change? Like, are they turning into kind of, you know, reptile people? Yeah, yeah. And, and an awful lot of them end up taking to the bed <laughs> for like weeks on end and the whole thing was sounded very scary so I welcome all the conversation yeah. there is now about menopause but as somebody who's out the other side of menopause the thing I worry about is the fact that the conversation is unbalanced totally we don't talk about the huge positives yeah. Yeah, that so are right. following on from yeah, menopause. Yeah, we're given all the symptoms, but we're not but thinking we're not about saying, the next 50 years because it is the second spring and there's a whole 50 years to come. There hopefully. is, absolutely. Yeah. And that is the, the thing yeah. I wanted to highlight. I want Because what I have found is, and I was lucky, I mean, everybody's menopause is different. That's yeah. another message that doesn't go out there. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to absolutely. take Some people every single. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I had a reasonably straightforward menopause. I had to give up alcohol for a while. That was very tragic. But other than that, it <laughs> yeah. was fairly straightforward. But what I found was that once I got through the, the worst of it, yeah. I was like, God, this is amazing. Yeah, there's so many positives. There's yeah. so many positives. Yeah. There's so many freedoms yeah. and they all coincide together. Yeah. You know, so you have suddenly the freedom from your biology. Yes. That Not is huge. huge. Exactly. Not having to worry about being pregnant. Not a, you know, don't yeah. have to. The, the no mid ovulation mood. No, yeah. there's no worrying about periods. Yeah. There's no worry, as you say, about trying to get pregnant, trying not to get yeah. pregnant, all of that. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, God, this is amazing. Yeah. All of that is gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that coincides then with with the freedom, perhaps from from well, the, if you're a parent, the freedom from your hands-on parenting. You know, yes. your kids. I mean, two up. of mine are still at home, but they don't want me looking at yeah, them twenty four seven. They don't need me making their dinners every mm -hmm. day, and so I don't. Mm. And. That's great. Yeah. And then you have, I'm not going to mention financial freedom because that's a bit ropey at the moment, mm -hmm. cost of living crisis and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But you may have a few more quid in your pocket. But there's two other freedoms which are brilliant. And the, the first one is the freedom from worrying about what other people think. Absolutely. And that totally started when I turned 40, when yeah. I started to go, don't really care. And every decade since I actually care less. So now I actually don't care at all. And oh, I'm sure there's people fantastic. out there going, who does your woman think she is? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't care. I don't care what people think about the fact that my hair is grey. I don't think, I don't care what people think about what I wear. <laughs> I just don't care. And that's brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one is um, the freedom from fearing failure. Yes. And that only comes from having failed a few times. Yes. And that only comes with age. And you grow from, you grow from your mistakes, don't and you? you and we all grow. And you suddenly realise if you fail, it's mm. fine. Absolutely. Do you yeah. know, yeah, unless yeah. you're performing heart surgery or something, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to survive it. So and Barbara, you're going around with this lovely aura of, I don't give a hoot, what do you think? <laughs> don't give a hoot. And that's brilliant. <laughs> that is so brilliant. And know? I think what you said to me as well, there's a whole, when you look back in your life, you, you've survived it. Yeah. You know, the whole power in that isn't there well that yeah. was it when I when I started writing the book and it was a mess like when I mm. 
I got to like 75,000 words and I went, yeah, I've written a book. That's great. And mm. it was a big mess. Like it, it, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't coherent. So when I sat down and this took ages and tried to work two out. Two years, Barbara, in total. Years. That's what it takes. That's, For anyone listening, uh, you're dead right. That's years. what it took me. Yeah, yeah. And when I tried to sit down and work out what was wrong with it and how to fix it, I eventually came up with the way it is now, which is it's basically in two sections. And the first section is where I look back at the the decades of my adult life. So my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my 50s. And I look at some of the kind of uh, formative things that happened Mm -hmm. to me in those particular years. And my life Mm. hasn't been extraordinary. My life mirrors most women's experience. And most men as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's a huge commonality. Um, But when you look back like that, it's a really useful thing to do. And I would recommend everybody to do it. Because you suddenly realise... Jeannie Mac, I'm actually smarter than I ever have given myself mm-hmm. credit mm-hmm. for. I'm actually, um, I, you know, I've survived. So I'm braver and I'm totally. more courageous. And that's a than gift in thought. itself, isn't it? You know, that you've actually managed to survive it. Because, yeah. you know, some people don't survive those terrible depths of, of despair and, and to have to come through them. And if them, you have, that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other thing then you will realise as well, as you get to kind of 60, you'll have lost friends along the way. Yes. And you'll go, like, to get older is such a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know. And that, have good health as well. And that changes. And then you realise that as well as, you know, if you're a feminist, you've realised we live in a patriarchy, mm-hmm. uh, probably for a good while. But then as you get older, you realise that that the misogyny that we experience as women gets another dollop of stuff on top of it with ageism. Because we live in a society that yeah. tells women in particular yeah. that to age is to fail. Absolutely. And Whereas you're definitely putting the message out is to age is to be Well, if you want to really admire me, the one the way to do it is to talk about anti-aging and yeah. about how we should anti-age and we should worry yeah. about our wrinkles and we should worry about this and that and the other. Mm. And to me, that is just a way of distracting women who totally. are coming into their power totally. by saying, don't go into your power. Look over there. Look at your face now. Oh mm. God, look at that. You can't be going around looking like that. And so women get, first of all, it takes their money, the bit of money you might have. And then it takes your confidence with it um, and your power. Totally. So what I wanted to say to women in the book was, fine, if you want to spend money on getting whatever you want to do with your face, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I think, you know, Mm. equality is all about the freedom of choice, but don't feel you have to. Well done. Don't feel you have to because you don't have to. to, You look Um, fabulous. Just look in the mirror and love love what you see. that comes from your that comes yeah. from inside. Totally. And if you are content and happy in yourself, mm. that's what will shine through your face um, totally. much more. But it also comes from us changing that whole conditioning, which went yes. on for years. And oh, that's absolutely. why books like this are so important. Because when women like you come out and say that, that it's okay to, to do this. And yeah. I'm going to feel fabulous for the next 40 years by just being myself yeah. and seeing my uniqueness. You know, we're changing the whole narrative. And that's and, and for, for women making, and girls, that narrative starts when you're very young. Yeah, does, you know, you yeah. learn very young um, that no matter what you achieve, if you look hot or sexy or mm. cute or whatever it is that society thinks you should look while you're doing it, it's worth a whole lot more. Yes. I mean, I'm very conscious as we're talking of Sinead O'Connor. Lord of mercy. And so much of what mm. I believe she yeah. embodied. Yeah, when totally. she started out in the music business, the, 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 the music moguls told her to look more feminine. Yes. And her response to that was to wear bogger boots, jeans and to shave her head. And like, I'm like, go sister, you can do whatever, you can be whoever you want to be and you can present yourself in whatever way that makes you comfortable. And that's really important. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Oh, Lord. Well, what a talent and what an amazing, amazing voice. Same here. I think everyone poured out. One of the sad things, and I said this in an Instagram post, was that everyone is saying it now. But, you know, why don't people say when people are alive? That's the thing, one of the things we need to stop, you know. We do, we really do. Put people up when they're alive when they need it. Yeah. You know. Mm. They, why, why do it when they're dead yes do it when they're dead but do it when they're alive as well she was an amazing yeah, talent and they 
need to hear it because yeah. a lot of the times people are amazing but they don't hear it because no. people don't Irish people don't want to tell them prefer they put them ahead of themselves particularly women Yeah, and we need to change that we totally do yeah, no, she, yeah. was, she was yeah. a wonderful incredible, incredible. Woman. the other thing uh, we, we spoke about family mm. and, and you're an amazing mother and you enjoy motherhood don't you, you yeah no I wouldn't say I'm an amazing mother um, <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't say because I'm not sure if that's such a, if there's such a thing well you're a fairly but... empowering honest mother that you know well my daughter you lead by example Barbara. my I, I've girls which I always wanted yes. because growing up with three boys I remember thinking mm. I just I had no sisters and yeah. I always felt I'd love a sister so I'm delighted that I had three girls um, and that I found that easier mm. even though everybody says girls can be harder and you know they can be challenging I'm not mm. saying they were mm. they were um, little darlings they certainly were not and are not mm. but um, my, my eldest daughter got married in 2017 I think mm. and she came home from Australia to get married and one of the things she said in the speech at her wedding really struck me and I, I really treasured it. She said to me, she was paying tribute to her mom, and she said, you always gave us the freedom to be who we wanted to be. Aww. And I think that that is really important. That's fabulous, and yeah. I wrote a piece actually for the Indo um, in the wake of those two um, young boys who died out in Greece there Such on their six year holiday. And one of the things that I wanted to say in that, which I think is really important, is that, you know, Parent, the hardest part of parenting is parenting teenagers, yes. not parenting, oh, not totally. sleepless no nights and, and not do weaning yeah. and not toilet training. That's mm. all the doddle yes. until you get to the teenage yeah, years. Yeah. Um, but the hard, the next hardest part is learning to let them go. Yeah. Even though you know they're going to make mistakes, yes. you have to let them make their own mistakes, mistakes and, and empower them in doing and so. And empower them in doing yeah, so yeah. and let them have their freedom. Yes. Um, so I hope I did that. I'm very lucky in that. And again, it was something that, you know, we kind of, our attention was drawn to during COVID because my younger two daughters are obviously still at home, um, that we all get on reasonably well together. Okay, yeah. And that's not a given. Um, mm. So I'm delighted that we do. But you're, you're one that easier. would very much say that everyone pulls their weight you you know oh yeah uh, in the house and oh the, yeah well now I'm not as good as I should be I was just as I was coming in on the bus today I was thinking now I'll be issuing I'll be issuing new <laughs> rules this weekend because you know things have slipped a little bit yes, but yeah. Um, yeah no generally generally I do and I yeah. also believe now that they're very aware that I feel now that this is my time yes I have put down all the titles like mm. I'm, I'm I'm no longer my parents are both gone I'm mm. no longer a daughter yes, in that sense yes, in an active yes, sense yeah, yeah. I'm no longer actively parenting yeah, yeah. this is a this now time is about me yeah, yeah. pursuing the rest of the stuff that I used to dream about when I was a, yeah. a, a teenager and now I want to put into practice and they know that yeah. so you know if I'm there making dinner I'll include them obviously I'm not Mean. But you'll include them in the washing up as well. They need to. They but need I'll to also cook. say, sorry, lads, yeah. I'm out. Good. Um, I'm yeah. doing something else. So, you know, there's pizzas in the freezers yeah. or knock yeah. yourselves out doing something else. And it's very important they learn how to cook totally. as well. So, um, totally. Yeah. Because I had a patient in, um, who, in her lovely, lovely woman in her 70s <clears throat> the other day, and she, her, her, the marriage of her son had failed and he mm. was now back in the house and she was shattered from cooking and cleaning for him. And and I said, that's not your job, it's you know. Not. You so need not. to just say, you look after yourself or if I, you want me to cook, you yeah. do all the cleaning, you know, but it's something I think that's really, so important. We're not doing them any favours yeah, no, by continuing no, to no, manage them. Or ourselves, yeah, yeah. Or ourselves, no. Yeah, and, and that's one of the messages again in the book. This is now your time because yeah. most women will have sacrificed either for their career, for their family, for a combination of both, mm. for their husbands, for whatever. Mm. And once you get to this stage, this is now where you need to. And that's why I believe that the postmenopausal years can potentially be 
the most fulfilling, most creative totally. um, time. And it, they're your legacy years, totally. you hope, you know. And like you said, in menopause, well, women's metabolism slows down and that we put on weight, particularly on the tummy, which is risk of type 2 diabetes. Well, now, I was putting on weight way before I ever got to <laughs> I was being kind to putting you. Putting on weight was the easiest thing I ever did. And it started when I gave up cigarettes okay. um, and I substituted cigarettes for cream buns. Okay. But um, yeah, and it, it got worse th- those 10 years that I spent at home um, because I remember when I left work and I mean, that wasn't an easy decision. I was no. abssolutely bereft at leaving of course, work thinking, you're, you am have I a doing the wrong thing? And you love socialising. Yeah, I thought, oh my God, social. am I doing the wrong thing? This might be awful. And, I, and people just say, oh, you're going home to be a housewife. And I was allergic to that term. And I was like, no, I'm mm. going to be a domestic goddess for a while. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to learn how to bake. And now I'm not a brilliant baker. Mm. I'm a, a very kind of, um, kind of ordinary baker. But I was my own baking's biggest fan. Mm. And I considered part of my new job at home with my kids was always having fresh baked goods in the house. So if anybody called, there was mm. like a scone or there was flapjacks or there was a cake or there was mm. whatever. And then I ate most of that. Yes, well. okay, okay. And I was so all that's... about body positivity, which I still yeah, am. Yeah. Um, but as I, I, I put on quite a bit of weight and um, I was, I kind of had the attitude of like, yeah, I don't have a problem with this. I'm like mama bear and I'm grand mm. and I'm happy and I don't care that mm. I'm a size 20 or 22. It's fine. I don't mind. Mm. Um, and that was all fine. And I hated exercise. And I, I linked that back to school, actually, because I was six foot tall. I was yeah. press ganged into doing stuff. I really didn't, didn't want, want to do, to do yes, like yeah. basketball. And I had to long jump at one stage and yeah. high jump another time, shot puts. And I hated all of it. All of so it, yeah, alert, yeah. my allergy to exercise continues. Yeah. Um, and then in 2019, I suddenly found we had a very busy summer. Daughter was home from Australia with the kids twice with her one daughter twice at that stage. And we, we looked after Emmy while they went to a wedding in Italy. And I remember I was so exhausted and I spent as much time as I can in the summer in West Cork. And we went down to West Cork to this place in the middle of nowhere in the Sheep's Head Peninsula. And I was there for two weeks. And at the end of the two weeks, I was still exhausted. And I remember mm. saying to my husband, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right. And of course, that's one of the symptoms of diabetes is diabetes. Yeah. Because yeah, the but blood sugars are not getting into the muscle. Yeah. But also when you're that age, like, okay, I was late 50s, mm. you kind of think, oh, this is more menopause yeah. now. This is more of it. Yeah. And I also think that's... And not everything th- is menopause. That, you need to get that message across. That's really yeah. important. Because yeah. for a minute I thought, oh, this is menopause. Yeah. But I went home and did what you're not meant to do. And I'm sure you won't endorse this. No. I Googled, you yeah. know. Everyone does. Fat owl yeah. one, whatever age, you know, very tired. And I was fully expecting menopause but what came back was type 2 diabetes and I was like and as soon as it came back up I knew that was what I had my father developed type 2 diabetes Mm -hmm. in his 50s so there was the family history Mm -hmm. big babies there was a whole load of boxes I ticked and I was like oh my god so I went down to the GP and as he said which is in the book because I thought they were very wise words he said to me Barbara you get away with it until you stop getting away with it and you've just stopped getting away with your unhealthy lifestyle and um, yeah so I started on a journey then to to, eat healthily and it was difficult to figure out how Mm. to do that Mm -hmm. because if you've spent 20 years as I did going la 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 mm-hmm. anytime anything came on mm. about healthy eating or mm. nutrition you haven't a clue like no, no, no. And, and it boils down to what can I have for my breakfast then what can I have for my lunch that's mm-hmm. oh because I had to lose weight drop sugar and I'm also vegetarian mm. so I was and vegetarians are inclined to eat too many carbs, which we're yes. always giving out to them. Yeah, yeah, so I was trying to work all of that out. But anyway, I got there eventually with the okay. help of the great diabetic clinic in St. Michael's Hospital in Tulare. And um, over the over the course of the next nine months, I 
started to make exercise part of my day. Um, and now you only bring in what you can eat. You're not bringing in the stuff to tempt you. You're not Barbara. I, I, I my think shopping, that's the big thing. My shopping changed completely. Yeah, yeah, and if it's not in start, the house, yeah, you, you can't, can't eat, eat it. it. I keep saying that to patients. That's Just don't huge. bring it in. I think so, yeah. Absolutely. But you also have to change your mindset because mm. I realised food had become this big thing in my life. Mm. I mm. used to think about food. All the time. All the time. Yeah. If I had a bad day, yeah, well, people, people are, we are emotional eaters, but it's yeah. just to discipline ourselves with the trolley. Don't bring it in. And to stop thinking about food. Yeah. And just stick I'll go home now and I'll have a scone. Yeah. And then in the afternoon I'll have this and yeah. then I'll have that. So it was about controlling your con- mind to con- stop doing girl. that. Yeah. Putting in exercise every day. Um, and I, my, and loving yourself, Barbara, by eating healthily. Well, what mm. amazed me, Mary, was that my your body reacts very quickly mm. to those improvements that you make. Totally. Like I suddenly started to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and suddenly when I started walking, I mm. remember my ankles used to kill yeah. me. My knees used to kill me. Well, I got plantar sugar fasciitis. All the muscles. It's not able to get in with, with type 2. And I was too high, heavy so, as well. Like yeah. I was walking and I, it was, and I was crying, coming back yeah. in tears to my husband saying, I'm hobbling and I can't yeah. walk properly. Yeah. And I met actually Dr. Niall Moyna yes. by accident in RT one day. And I was saying this to him. I was saying, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm trying to walk and, and then yeah. my, I get sore and I can't walk. And he said to me, stop trying to power walk, just move. Just well walk, done. just good, walk good slowly, advice. yeah. And that that worked. And then my daughter, who I've now mentioned a million times, um, in Australia, came home that Christmas, and only she would think of this. Brought with her a bike as my Christmas present. Wonderful. Um, and uh, so this bike, which was called Sheila, and which was a beautiful mint green bike, arrived home. Mm. And I looked at it for, I, I wouldn't put it in the shed with the spiders. I had it in my office and I kept looking at it saying, one of these days I have to get up on that bike. And I was terrified. <laughs> I hadn't cycled a bike since I was probably about 10. You're sounding like a bit Vinci now, Lord of mercy. You know? <laughs> I, I was terrified of the bike. And then COVID happened yeah. and all the traffic dried up. Yeah. And I thought, this is the time to get out on the Good. bike and wobble up and down the road. Good. Um, so I, Sheila went off um, after a few years because she didn't have enough gears. And I, I have a secondhand battered bike, um, but I love it. But you're and moving on it and that's what's I important. cycle and Good the guy. freedom of cycling and, is And the wonderful. eating healthily as well because it's 85% diet and it's obviously eating. movement is terribly yeah. important Give up as well. the old cake that, unless yeah. it's your birthday. Well, it's your treat. Go it's your, for treat. your treat. Yes. Go for your treat. No, that's good advice. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really important. The, the um, we wanted... The, the, a new venture now. What's your new venture after the book? We're still obviously oh, we're still the book is on sale everywhere and all good well, bookshops. It's, it's isn't not. It? It's not because in it, well, this is another long scale. Um, but anyway, um, lovely publisher, blah, not really. But anyway, it's not in as many bookshops as I would like. So okay. it's it, it's in some bookshops still. Okay. But, um, but where can people get it? Barbara? People should get it off my website, which Brilliant. is barbarascully.com and it'll be dispatched out the following day and it'll be signed as well. Oh, well done. Um, so well done. Off so my that's website. Where going to get you can it. also download it, obviously, on Amazon if you yeah. want to read on your Kindle Could but you? if you okay. want the actual book uh, the website's probably it's in some bookshops I think we all the love the physical book or a lot of us do I certainly do anyway I so do what's too. your next venture though? Well my next venture is um, I've two venture. I'm, I'm writing a novel at the moment and I'm about oh. two thirds of the way through that so I fingers crossed about uh, that Is it a romantic novel? Not really no it's again about an owl one <laughs> <laughs> discovering new life. Um, you're so still a, young. You know, a if, you were, if, if I was interviewing Mick Jagger and he was, you know. Do you know what? I like being an owl one. Yeah, I but, actually but you're still like young though. When you're 91. I'm 61. Yeah, yeah it's about 30 like, years, hopefully. I hopefully, yeah. I think we have like, to, yeah. We'll see. But the other thing that I, I'm, I'm thinking of doing, I got press ganged into taking part in a wonderful event that uh, two friends of mine, Orla and Val, put on in Whelan's a couple of weeks ago, which was a comedy night uh, called yeah. Funny Women. Yeah. And 
they asked me to be involved and I was like but I'm not a comedian I'm not getting involved and they said no no we'd like you to do anyway long story short I said I'll do a reading from my book now the cool. day of the event I said I can't just stand up and do a reading because I'm coming on and there's in the middle of all these amazing women comedians yeah. so I kind of ad-libbed it a little bit a piece yeah. out of the book about smear tests Mary you've been right yes, up your alley as well um, and it was yeah. it was funny and it went down a storm so what I'm now working on is a kind of a one woman show um, which would be based on Wise Up so uh, but hopefully it'll it'll take a lot of the uh, humorous bits of Wise yes, Up so it'll a be a satirical version of yeah it'll be a cross between a kind of a TED talk and a kind of a comedy thing because oh, I'm a firm believer in laughter if you haven't oh, got totally. a sense of humour sure, it's releasing all the endorphins you're screwed so important yeah and actually I was so dying to get you on this because some of my patients who were all listening to the podcast which is wonderful uh, they all said Dr. Ryan we need someone who deals with older women all of the women you've had you know apart that's from the way Mary they got, that's and, the way they got and, me on that comedy show yeah. as well they said we haven't you know, got somebody in their 60s yeah, and we, I was like I'm yeah, your girl <laughs> we, need, we need to be represented you know so I said well do you know what I know the woman and uh, I, of course I, your wise up was all about that and so I, I genuinely believe that getting older is for women fantastic yeah but more women need to say it because you mean yes. for example the world's identified Mick Jagger and all these men yeah. who start fatherhood in their you know 70s yeah. and 80s and nobody gives out about that whereas if a woman mothered a child in her 70s and 80s just say yes right yeah. there would be condemnation yeah okay? absolutely and we need to change that whole thing narrative narrative absolutely so this is why we women see, need to come out into this space and, and say also this. see older women as the powerhouses of creativity yeah. and of being disruptors, I think you've a great uh, pla- a great um, ability or a great opportunity to be a disruptor as you get older. Yeah. When you're younger, if you start saying things, whether it's publicly on the airways like I do or whether it's in your local community mm-hmm. about something that's wrong, you're kind of conscious of the kids going into school the next day, coming home saying, Mammy, like everybody was talking about what you said at the meeting and, yes, you know, whatever. Yeah. And your husband might be, you know, a bit yeah. upset about it. At this stage... I've nobody, like my kids aren't going to be upset. My husband's aren't going to be upset either. Yes, so you have a yeah, great yeah. ability to be a disruptor. So I write a lot in the yeah. book. And be about, yourself. And women needing to find their own voices mm. and understanding that your li- lived experience, regardless of what that is, mm. is important. Absolutely. And it needs to be shared. Absolutely. And we need to bring that into the national conversation. And it'll be a mentor for other women. And it'll who are actually struggling things. and are, are, you know, absolutely so delighted that you've got through and we can call things out that younger women yeah. maybe who are in careers and that kind of stuff can't yeah. so yeah. I think older women have an actual duty as yeah. well as an opportunity yeah. Yeah. to call things out to change the remaining things that mm. we need to change mm-hmm. that stop women from reaching their full potential and from being fully equal in society okay. because we're still not there no not at all or we so much to go it's, yeah. it's incredible you know I mean I, I was saying it to Orla Hopkins in the previous podcast that you know it's amazing it's wonderful to see that girls are now out in the sports fields you know saying and actually doing doing you know giving out but why did it take so long and also it's still not totally sorted I mean I know it's going that way Mm. my middle daughter is a mad sportswoman Mm. I I think probably I picked the wrong baby up coming home from the hospital because I don't know where I got her from she's been from the time she was five well if you look at the funding the government are giving the GA and it's not equally spread and you see it's not the GA for the girls it's the LGA which is in our LGFA or whatever which is a separate organisation to be Mary McAleese now who, who we did in Brian, who's doing her best to make sure that it's she all said, going equally but she would fantastic. say even in clubs 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's so she's true. On, she's on a ladies team. She's on an adult yeah. team. And she said, they're not given the same not at as all. the men. Not at all. Um, so we, we need to, you know, this starts at grassroots. It's totally. not just the Irish team playing in Australia And mothers and fathers fantastic. need to give out as well. It can't be just left to a few. No. Mothers and fathers, yeah. are, you know. And grannies. And grannies and grandfathers. And grannies everything. who don't care about upsetting yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've just got to get out there and say, Absolutely. look, this is wrong. This and is wrong. And it needs to be equal. And, uh, Do you know the up. other thing that really actually uh, boils my blood? Um, yeah. And it's only, it's the small things very often yeah. that really rile you up. Yeah. As a woman, if you're filling in a form, be it online or in paper, yeah. you get three options to tick for your yeah. title. A man gets one. He's oh, mister. You're that. asked, are you Mrs, Miss or Ms? Yeah, that true. does my head in. Yeah, and I what has that. my marital status got to do with anybody or with anything? I was always allergic anything? to Mrs. I was always allergic yeah, to Mrs. Yeah. Sherwood is his mother as far as I'm <laughs> yeah, concerned. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing to do with me. Um, but you know, it's those yeah. small things to keep yeah. calling them out. You'll yeah, be called true. a Karen, but be a Karen. Yeah, but if enough of us do it, uh, yeah. you know, they're going to, to listen to us and say, well, we can't do that. It's not. Exactly. Because you'll have that pain in the arse giving out about it again. Exactly. Exactly. So we need to more, do that more. The, the mentors quickly said you're, you're the nuns. And I, that was actually, I never thought of that. The nuns actually were huge mentors when you think about it because they were running the show. and They, they were probably, the only women you the saw running women. a business. Yeah, you didn't yeah. see women. Otherwise, women were secretaries in my totally. day or assistants yeah, to the men. Yeah, they so weren't true. running anything. True. What other mentors in, in, were you? Were you a Marianne Finucan fan? Who, who sort of, you know, did you look up to? Um, yeah, I mean, my mother has to come in there because yeah. she was and she would have never thought of herself as being mm. that she went back to work in the 70s when it was frowned upon mm. um, you know when it was considered to be an insult to your husband as okay. a woman to go back to work because you were obviously saying to the world my husband actually can't support us okay. so I have to go back to work so she went back to work um, and she then set up her own business now if she was here she would say I did nothing I mm. did nothing she wasn't a show off and a shouty out like me but she was a tremendous role model and she was one of the most non-judgmental person I've ever met um, and so she would be my new Numero uno role model. On the public forum, I think Mary McAleese. Fantastic. Um, Did an, um, two empowering podcasts with Mary McAleese and anyone that hasn't listened, please do. She, to me, is, a, is Fantastic an amazing woman. Yeah. And the fact that she has, you know, remained a Catholic within her faith, because yeah. I have abandoned that a long time ago because I couldn't stomach it. But I admire what she's doing, trying to change it from totally, within. Totally. And she's fearless as well. Oh she's my not God. afraid to call yeah. things out. And, and it was so necessary. It was, it was so necessary. Absolutely that so she necessary. Was, if someone with her knowledge, who yeah. was kind of law, was able to call it out. Yeah. yeah. And then there's older women um, like uh, Gloria Steinem, who I quote in the book a few yeah, times, who yeah. was, the, you know, to the forefront of the second wave feminism in America in the 70s. I thought a lot of what she did and what she said was fantastic. Sinead O'Connor. Um, and the other woman is Jane Goodall, who um, worked in... Uh, She's an environmentalist and she worked in Africa with um, apes and stuff like that for years. But she's now a spokesperson around kind of biodiversity loss and and animal welfare. Mm. And that's something I feel very strongly about. Mm. Um, and I, I love animals. I live, as you mentioned, with a lot of animals. I have a family of foxes who I feed in the garden. I have extremely tolerant neighbours because I live in suburbia. I have a okay. dream of living out in the country somewhere where I can yeah. rescue donkeys and cows and God only knows what else. Nice. Uh, but I think we seriously need to change our attitude to animals and how we treat them. And another thing that boils my blood is horse racing yeah. because we kind of know now that greyhound racing is is mm. cruel. Horse racing is equally cruel. Mm. Um, mm. Horses die. At, mm. About 120 horses die every year in horse on 
racing courses in Ireland. Okay. Um, so that, that does my head in okay. and we never hear about it. It's not covered. It's not reported. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, that's cruel. And uh, I think we need to change our minds and Barbara, we need to change need our minds. radio show. <laughs> well, I'm available. radio show. Yeah. <laughs> We're putting it out there that Barbara's going to do this. <laughs> Absolutely. And the meaning of life, Barbara, because, you know, what, what's the meaning of life? You still know the 30 years to go, I know. Oh, God but, bless you, Mary. 30 yeah. years, right? 90. Um, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like I feel and I know this is going to sound as if I'm just making it up and Mm. I'm on brand with the book or something. I honestly feel I'm in my prime now. I feel I'm now doing what I should be doing. But there's this weird. You've accepted the real Barbara. You're you're totally. uh, Exactly. And you know what? She's awfully like the Barbara who she was when she was about 16. Which is fabulous. Everything you else love the descended. inner child, which is what the psychologist tells like us what I've, to do. I've taken off the, the mantle of yeah. parenting. I've taken off the mantle of mother. I've taken off the mantle of daughter. I've taken off all those jobs that I wore. And I feel now I'm very like the girl I was. Like, yeah. I, you know, when you come up to leaving school and you're, you know, you've gone through puberty, you're mm. out the other side, you're on the brink of life and you have yeah. this excitement about, I, you know, because you do believe I can do whatever I want. I yeah. can be whoever I want. I can go wherever I want. And then life descends and, yeah. you know, you've families and mortgages and, you know, you have to have a job and mm. you've all of that stuff. And then suddenly you get to my age and you're like, you're back there again. You're going, yeah. I can do whatever I want to do. Oh. I can be whoever I want to be for the next 10, 20, 30, however many years yeah. I've left. Yeah. I want to make sure that I make a difference. Um, and again, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I do believe that you set your own mindset every day. Totally. So totally. you can get up, especially in the last few weeks here mm. and look out the window and go, oh my job, God, it's raining again. Like mm. what the hell, mm. this bloody country. Or you can go, oh, it's raining grand. The garden will like that. It'll be fine. Maybe it'll get better yeah, later. Yeah. It's all about your attitude. It's and about I think the it's really important attitude. to try yeah. and be as positive as you yeah. can. And, and it appreciate is life as well. Appreciate that we're alive. As you said, you've lost people yeah. along the way that should, you know, die too young. That's and it, exactly. And I'm still here. So I know there's 30, 40 years to go. Less, you know, I, whatever about the 30 was pushing it, the 40 no, definitely isn't so, going to happen. If the Queen can be 96, Lord of Mercy, now why can't you? Because you you I don't have a load of servants and people <laughs> running around after me, unfortunately. <laughs> but the positive attitude has got to count and for a lot. sense of yeah. humour and looking, yeah. being able to look at life and even in the worst of times. And I've, you know, mm. I lost my brother to suicide when he was 31. Mm. Um, my Horrendous. parents have died. Yeah, you know, I've been through like, like everybody has, no more, no yeah. less than everybody else. But even in the darkest times, mm. there's things to laugh at. And that, yeah. to me, is a lifesaver. It is, yeah. If you start losing your sense of humour, you're in trouble. Yeah, so you're so right. You're, yeah. You need to make sure you have retained the ability to see life. Most of life isn't that serious. <laughs> you know, most no, of life no. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And, um, and if you've... And, and animals. I think animals, as I get older, my animals are even more important than they ever were. Mm. And if I get stressed and arrive home with my head fizzing and annoyed about something and I'm stressed about something and I walk in and there's one cat asleep over there and there's another cat asleep over there. Now, I have a dog who levitates I, every yeah. time I come through the door. I could yeah. come through the door 10 times in half an hour and he'd be as excited each yeah, time. Yeah. But the cat's just open one eye and look at you as if to go you're home and then they curl up and go back to sleep and I go uh-huh. who's the more evolved creature here me whose my head is running around with probably stuff that isn't that important uh-huh. or the cat who's going it's raining outside so I'm sitting out here and I'm just enjoying a big nap Oh um, Barbara you're fantastic I can't wait for this one woman show <laughs> oh, I think God. it's going to be brilliant I once met a comedian who said that the, the, how he got, got to be such a good comedian was that he found his real self yes. and he was able to to laugh at himself and just to, to laugh at you know ordinary things yeah, I must um, say, yeah. I think, I think, I, I mean, I know, I, 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 
I am my own biggest laugh most of the time Fantastic. because of the stupid things I do mm. and the stupid attitudes yeah. I have. And You've realised your norm- normality here, your normal yeah. human being. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People can identify with that then. Well, I and hope they so. love it and you're I a real mentor so. for them. Barbara, you're a fantastic person. Can only highly recommend the book. Thank you, You're Mary. a fabulous person, lovely and warm, feeding the foxes, says all that, says a lot about you. And It I, says a lot I about was... my neighbours, Mary, who are very tolerant. <laughs> very Not tolerant. It says a lot about you too. But I was really impressed when we met, uh, you know. In last, Ennis. Yeah, in Ennis, mm. when it menopause. And just your whole positivity, the laughter. Well, back at then. you. Yeah, You're exactly. the same. Oh, um, thank you. So, you thank know, you very yeah. much. But we're both trying to do the same thing and that's empower women and Absolutely. tell them to live their best life and it's from now on. And the getting older is great. It's great. It's great. They're Look so, forward to it. And don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be afraid to and speak change out. And change the narrative. Because we have to do that, haven't yes, we? Yes, absolutely. Disrupt so, all over the place. Disrupt all over the place. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Barbara, Thank for joining for, us. Thank you for asking well me. Well done. Not at all. Take care.